This is CliffCentral.com. Because you deserve it. Everybody, join in. She works hard for my money. Anthea, she works hard for your money. Anthea, she works hard for her money. So we better treat her right. Anthea. You know, someone actually said to me the other day, they listened to the original. They were so disappointed it doesn't go Anthea in it. What was Donna Summer thinking? <laughs> I'm kind of disappointed as yeah, well. I know. How are you? Woman. I'm well, thank you. How are you? Good. Uh, how's the economy? <laughs> <laughs> Well, the stock market was much calmer last week, and Friday was a bit of a negative day. But overall, last week, we finished about 1.5% higher. Banks and retailers were flying last week. Banks were up 3.5%. Retailers up almost 5%. Wow. How did that happen? So lots of speculation about the Zuma recall and, therefore, a stronger rand. So the rand hasn't actually broken through the 12-handle yet. It's about 12.06, 12.05, I think, was the strongest. Though. When last were we here? Two years ago? Yeah, yeah, I think right. When Nene was fired. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's very excited about that, obviously. There's lots of talk. Um, so very excited to see what Justice has to say about this speculation on the Zuma recall. And then we did have some good news. November retail sales growth came out at 8.2% year on year. In other words, South Africans are spending. We were expecting a 3.5% growth number. And I think what that November number shows is that Black Friday is working basically. Okay. So those Black Friday sales got Works. everyone in. Yeah. Good. I don't, I don't think the Christmas period was as good. So the December retail sales probably won't be as good. And in fact, we had a couple of companies, uh, retail companies reporting. Mr. Price reported, uh, put out a sales update, fairly robust sales, um, slightly ahead of expectations. Woolworths was a big disappointment. The share reacted negatively immediately on the day. It was down eight and a half percent. But I then think it picked up, didn't it? Yeah, and then suddenly, like so, two so days later, it bounced. What's that all about? Very peculiar, because actually, even when I looked at the, the share price post the 8.5% decline, I wasn't that convinced about the earnings. Like, it didn't feel like it was cheap as chips, you know. It was okay, and maybe there was a turnaround, but I wasn't, like, I, I wasn't going to rush out and buy Woolworths shares. So it was, it was very peculiar. Anyway, they, in, in short, basically, three big problems with Woolworths. First, their competition are putting out very aggressive promotions. But I think you would have seen this just as an ordinary shopper, right? So if, you, if you're looking at pick-and-pay advertising, ShopRite, Checkers, yep. um, all of them really aggressive um, advertising and also kind of promotions and cutting prices do you and think sales. There's, and do you think there's a gap in the market for another top-end Food and and uh, that kind of retailer. So the so the iron so the irony because I mean um, some of these these brands like um, I know you know pick and pay are trying to get their sort of top end stores equivalent to you know the the, the purported idea of what Woolworths is, um, and then there's Spar. I suppose they're also trying. So logically, I would say no. But actually, if you look at Woolworths' results, the one division that did really well was the food division. Right. And so people do go there. They trust the food. They know what they're getting, which kind of is counterintuitive because one of the things that our retail analysts look at is a comparison of the basket. And Woolworths is expensive. I mean, the food at Woolworths is a lot more expensive than the other baskets. So 
I guess the top end of the market is still happy to shop there. They're um, prepared to pay for for the quality, I guess. Um, I, I would have thought that by now Pick and Pay and Spa would start cutting into that Mark, um, that market, but it appears not. Anyway, the second thing that Woolworth said was the ailing South African economy has been kind of very difficult for them. And then, of course, the third thing for Woolworths is their cash burn as a result of trying to turn around this Australian business, um, David D- Jones, I almost said Dow Jones, <laughs> David Jones, um, which really saw a huge decline in sales of about 3.8%. And don't forget, Woolworths paid 22 billion rand for the acquisition of this David Jones, this Australian business, and their sister retailer, Country Road. And they've sunk another 2.9 billion rand into the business. And it just has not turned around as quickly as it should. All right. And then ShopRite also put out their operational update. Turnover grew by 6.3%. So you can see quite a big difference compared to Woolworths. Um, South African stores grew by 7.8%, but... They did say, which is important, that reported inflation in the base was 7.4%. So actually, organically, the growth wasn't huge. So 7.8 minus 7.4, basically. Right. Um, so it, it's, it's not exciting. And then also, Foshini put out a sales update this week. Sure, we're just running through these retails. Group sales up 17%. That's incredible. Yeah, but don't forget sure. that Foshini Group has the... Offshore brands, which have done particularly well, and in constant currency, they were in fact up 19% in constant currency, meaning in the currency where they trade. So obviously South Africa and the UK, so pounds. Um, and then of course the, they've included, they've recently bought this Hobbs Retail and Apparel Group, which is a UK brand, very nice clothes. Um, and that's been included in the reporting as well. So very good. Um, mm-hmm. very exciting stuff. Going on there, so I, su- I suppose of of all the f- the retailers, it looks like Foshini probably the strongest of them all. All right, um, are you are you concerned about like this rand strength? Are there negatives to that? Because we always talk about the positives, you know, when the rand comes down for importers and exporters, it's not always the best news, and there's Absolutely. a lot of volatility. And even if you know people love Cyril. Um, <laughs> and it gives us international confidence. He's in Davos at the moment, right? That's right. He at should the be World Economic as Forum. we speak. All right, so what happens there? <clears throat> at Davos. Yeah, I mean, what, what's Cyril's what Cyril people try- get to get. Well, yeah, I tell you what Cyril's going to do. Tell me. He's going to try and convince everybody that is there that they must be investing in South Africa and that it's a good place to be and politically we're stable and that we will meet our budget targets and economic forecasts. There you go. Um, it, it was interesting last week because the Reserve Bank, of course, had the MPC, which we'll talk about in a minute. But they were predicting that GDP growth for 2018 would be 1.4%, while Cyril, on the very same day, came out and said, we should be targeting 3% growth 2018 and by I think he said 2025, over 5% growth. I was like, oh, really? You're going to argue with the Reserve Bank? Don't you love politicians? I mean, I would have thought. (laughs) Blowing smoke up his own ass. I would have thought that Cyril would know better. But that's what he's going, that's the message he's going to take to Davos. It's okay. We got this covered. And I think good for him for changing the board this weekend. You know, the S, sorry, the ESCOM board this weekend. Uh-huh. He's put uh, Jabu Mabuza in as chairman. He's put even Mark Lamberti, who's used to be the MassMart CEO, is now CEO of Imperial and like just a businessman basically. Um, he's even he's on the board. 
Um, but Kamani Hadebe is the acting CEO, which makes things very interesting for the rest of them who are coming in this, right. this morning. Um, so, so, so I think that that's kind of a, it's, it's a nice quiver in, um, a nice arrow for Cyril to have in his quiver when he goes to Davos and says, don't worry, I got this. I've already made changes to the board because you know, last week, or you probably don't know, the JSC warned that if ESCOM don't produce their interim six months results, which were due a while ago already, I think end of, before the end of last year, that they would suspend trading. So ESCOM is not listed, but their bonds do trade. And that's where they go to find capital to pay the bills that are due, which we all know are due. And apparently they're running out of money. So ESCOM, sure. has, yeah. So ESCOM have said, guys, where are those financial reports? All right. Um, so yeah, that's what, what Cyril's doing. Shall we talk quickly about the MPC? Because. Yes. Yes, the last, well, last week was, there was meant to be big news. I think the MPC, the Monetary Policy Committee, missed a trick last week because oh, us, huh? they left rates unchanged. Oh. And inflation is now well within their target. The RAND is stronger. We've got a new ANC president. You would have thought they'd taken the opportunity to cut interest rates and to give the economy a boost. But they didn't. They left rates unchanged. They were worried about two major things they said. Firstly, that the oil price, which they cannot control, so it's an exogenous impact, um, was still rallying, was still very high. It's about $70 a barrel now, I think. Um, and really at three-year highs, that was the first thing. So you know that in fact affects inflation for us, which is a problem. Um, and then the risk of the downgrade, which we all seem to have forgotten about, because yeah. that's still looming over our heads. And there's a real risk that even though we're – I think everyone's very excited about Cyril winning and taking power. But the reality of the situation is that actually there's a budget coming up, and I'm not sure we're going to have met our budget targets. Um, and if the rating agencies see this, they, they really just have – will have no – choice but to downgrade us well you know this president that we've got at the moment if he does the state of the nation address of the budget i mean if he's still presiding over the budget it's going to be like giving everyone everything because it's his last gasp Mm. gonna get him out before then yeah it'll be like oprah giving everyone cars (laughs) free education for everyone free electricity (laughs) and who's going to pay for it oh who knows (laughs) us we know we of course we know we pay for everything that that guy promises everybody Clown. You know what the, um, the the Reserve Bank last week made a point of saying that the sugar tax we're expecting oh. is expecting to add zero point six percent to food inflation alone. Yeah, you see, great idea, guys. Mm-hmm. Another stealth tax got nothing to do with keeping people healthy. Yeah, and so that's that's right. You know, at the budget, it, it if it doesn't balance, there's a real concern. <sighs> I know, very worried. One last thing we must talk about is that these Steinhoff short sellers, you know, these guys that put out the Viceroy report, have finally been identified. Oh, okay. And who is it? It's a guy called John Fraser Perring. uh, I don't like the sound of him. UK-based ex-social worker. Oh, God. Who got suspended from his duties at the child protect as a child protection officer? Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> so not a great guy. And well, I don't know. <laughs> uh, why would they you know, suspend <laughs> you as a social worker working with children? There are only a couple of options there, and it doesn't have to do with short selling Steinhoff. There you go. 
And two of his colleagues are Gabriel Bernard and Aidan Lau, who are 23 years old. And apparently, Fraser Pering said that when Steinoff bought Mattress Firm for $64 a share, this you, you remember the U.S. company they bought yeah. late 2016? Right. That's where, and they paid, they basically paid 100% premium to where it was trading. That's what gave him the heads up that something was wrong. Now, I must tell you, I clearly remember that day. I was in the office. We were all standing around. We got the news and we were like, what is Steinoff thinking? Right. But then you kind of go back and say, like, can they possibly even grow earnings? Is this accretive? What is going to happen to the Steinoff share price if they're paying double where the share is trading for the company? And actually... And maybe the problem with us is that we logic it away with fundamentals and numbers and go, oh, actually, they can meet those targets and they can extract synergies because they also have um, Conferama in Europe and, you know, lots of factories. Now I'm going to pretend I know what Conferama is. (laughs) The retailer in Europe. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez, I thought we'd spoken about this so often I wouldn't have to explain. No. No? Okay. Conferama. (laughs) Sorry. Um. Where was I? Oh, don't you I sit saying- there? Don't you sit there, see, looking like you know what Conferama is? Come oh, on! No, no, no! Because I actually just googled something Anthea said two minutes ago as well. What two was minutes that? ago, uh, exogenous. Oh, she yeah. said exogenous impact. I was and like, what does it mean? Having an external cause or origin. I was like, I need to find what that is. Yeah. I'll. Use that today. It's fine. Thank okay. you. Yeah, yeah. Watch, watch Sia go around telling people he knows about exogenous, exogenous causes, impact. Yeah. Exogenous impact. Right. Anyway, yeah. Back to you, Anthea. Yeah. So that that I mean that's the story with Steinov with Viceroy. I I mean there's a lot about this. So um, people saying that one of these two youngsters, Gabriel or Aiden, had actually been working for a consulting business that were consulting to Steinoff, and therefore it was insider trading, which oh. would be absolutely terrible. Oh. But, you know, we just don't know the truth. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, <laughs> I, I think there's a lot more to come. I'm a little bit bored of it now, I must mm. admit. <laughs> I just want to see the end, the outcome. Yeah. Right, there you go. All right. Um, thank you, Anthea. My pleasure. We'll see you next. Oh, I won't see you next week. I'm in Cape Town. Oh. Then, shall I? Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get you on the line. Super. Thanks, cool. guys. Have a good we week. Can't, we can't go without you for a whole week. <laughs> thank you very much. This is CliffCentral.com.